The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcaster. One of the hosts thinks Max Protect is why he barks so much. That's Lenny. He also attack. Amina Kimes. I am joined by the one, oh the only, God. the amused Dominique Foster. <laughs> some misdirection is what made me laugh there because I was all in on some sort of Chase Claypool ward play because he's in the news. Then you hit me with the Max Protect. Well, nice, nice misdirection. Dominic Foxworth, the host of the Dominic Foxworth Show. You catch him on numerous ESPN platforms, including this one. Um, we are going to talk about Monday Night Football, Bengals, Browns, Beatdown. But I first want to just get into some of these trades. Speaking of Chase, Cap- Chase Claypool, um, there have been a couple major ones. So we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. There's a chance more trades will break while we're recording this because we are coming up to the trade deadline. Uh, but there's been two big ones that I want to talk about. Because uh, one of the, the the real big cr- trade, the McCaffrey trade, is going to find its way into the second half of this podcast. Um, so you alluded to the one that just broke. Actually, there's been three big trades. Sorry, Claypool, Hawkinson, Wild, and Roquan Smith. Three big name players. So yeah. let's start with Claypool. Uh, so I saw the trade broke. Uh, the Bears determined to rebuke Dominique Foxworth's take that Justin Fields should leave Chicago. Uh, Dominique, I this shocked me. One, because uh, there are a lot of teams right now who need wide receivers and a lot of teams mm-hmm. I thought might be in the market for Chase Claypool. Based on the Bears' approach to this season, which is they've treated it as a rebuilding season and amassed picks, it shocked me that they traded for a wide receiver, even though I know that's what a lot of people wanted for Justin Fields. And it shocked me even more that they traded a second round pick. Uh, so yeah. let's start there. Like, how do you feel about the value and what do you think this says about the Bears and Justin Fields? Um, yeah, the we've had these conversations. So the NFL trade deadline is becoming a thing, which it never was in the past. The last few years, it's becoming a thing like the NBA, like a Major League Baseball, where there are buyers and sellers. And for a lot of these teams, they should be buying for long term. Whereas in baseball, it's like you're buying for this particular season. In basketball, yeah. sometimes it feels like that too. In football, all of these trades, they're like long term fixtures. This is not someone trying to make a run. So if this were some sort, some sort of short term fix, then obviously this is a bad idea. Um, the second round pick, I don't know. It, it just feels like finding receivers is easier than ever in the draft and the first and second and third round, but you can also miss with it. So I, yeah. the, the, also the challenge is Claypool is coming up on re-up time soon too. So I, I, I like this as a, as a gesture because I didn't like that. They're like pushing out Roquan and pushing out yeah. Quinn and pushing out uh, the like Roquan, particularly youngish talent. And I like them bringing in some young talent. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it holistically, so they traded Roquan for a second and a fifth, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this, maybe that's, this is the, that is the second that they, mm-hmm. which is going to be, it's the Ravens, so it's probably going to be a later second. If that's the second, it makes me like the pick more. And it also right. makes you think, oh, okay, like, you know, Roquan is also a player coming up for a contract. Chase Claypool is a player coming up for a contract. I don't hate the fact that they said we'd rather invest in a young receiver than a linebacker. Mm-hmm. As much as I like Roquan right. Smith, and we'll talk about him and the Ravens and what he can do for them. Um, I think, yeah, what gives me pause is a little bit your point about the ability to find receivers in the draft. But um, this is a team that has a ton of cap space next year, has finally some picks. And I like it just because, to me, it and maybe I'm being optimistic here, but the fact that they did this midseason, it makes me feel maybe wrongly that they believe in Justin Fields, which I don't think was a given coming into this year. And I do wonder whether they would have done this if they hadn't seen flashes of promise from him, even in a game like the Cowboys game where ups and downs, unnecessary sacks, but still showing enough, obviously the Patriots game, he was fantastic to make this team think, all right, we are going to keep this going. 
let's get him a receiver now. It's clearly a need on this roster. He's Chase Claypool is a deep threat. They can use him on horizontal stuff as well, end arounds and whatnot. Um, he can be helpful in the option game that way. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I value wise, I have questions, but I do like what it suggests for yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, I and mean, you're not gonna like win every trade, you know. So. Yeah. They didn't get their ass kicked in this trade. It seems like it's okay. It's a fine trade to make. But you're welcome, Bears fans, and you're welcome, Dolphins fans, because any team that I criticize early in the season <laughs> or before the season starts for for garbage roster construction seems to pan out better than we all expected. And particularly these last two weeks, Justin Fields, what they were able to do with him and what he's I mean, he had passes that were dropped that I thought were excellent throws. Yeah. It's not just his running ability, but it is the idea that they can build an offense around his running ability. And Ryan um, Poles, the new GM, there's no reason for him to be on in on Justin Fields. Same with Eberflus. Yeah. It does feel like there's been a like opinion change. At least it feels like in there in the uh, the spirit around that organization, it does feel a little bit more like. We got our guy and we know we have something special and let's start to amass the the pieces that time up well with him. So I, I do agree with you. I like this move for them and you're not going to blow everybody out of the water, but he's really active for a first year. He is. He's doing uh, Ryan, a lot. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's busy. been busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they have the money to do this. Well, let's talk about the flip side of this. So clearly... I don't think it was, I think with Roquan Smith, you know, he's an off-ball linebacker. He's one of the better off-ball linebackers in the NFL. I have heard some things that make me think that this was a kind of a positional value thing for Chicago where they were like, we don't want to pay a guy at this position a ton of money, which, you know, it's, I think there's a larger conversation to be had there about the role of a linebacker who can go sideline to sideline, blitz and stop Mm -hmm. the run in today's NFL. But I don't dislike it for them, quite frankly. Like, I understand why they did it. Um, From the Ravens' perspective, however, so, okay, there's two sides of this. There's the football side and the contract side. So let's hit the contract side first. If they're planning on extending him and he is asking for as much as we assume, given Mm -hmm. that the Bears wouldn't, that seems like a pretty risky endeavor, given that they have to pay Lamar Jackson. And again, positional Mm -hmm. value, I think, does matter. So... It's also possible, however, Dominique, that they might be willing. I mean, it was a second and a fifth. If they move on from him, they might be able to get a third. So not beyond the pale that that's factoring into things. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to deal with it as it is. The assumption is you don't trade for somebody that you don't plan on extending. And I'm with you on like how dubious it is to to for them going forward. But I think you and I had this conversation a few years back is is when we're talking about Shanahan uh, and the 49ers, and I kind of made the point that it seems like he builds a defense that he doesn't want to face as far as personnel is concerned and linebackers that he brings in and uh, ferocious defensive line and less resources committed to the secondary. Uh, and that's all I thought about when I saw Roquan go to Baltimore is like they see Lamar Jackson in practice every day, all trading camp, and they're like, enough of this, <laughs> enough <laughs> of this. Let's and I mean, I don't think they're stupid enough to think that it matters on a game to game basis, but I think it's impossible for you not to be influenced by what you're what you're accustomed to trying to stop, and that's what happens in training camp is it's ones versus ones, and we're scheming against you. Sometimes we'll do stuff that other teams do to allow you to practice, but most of the time we're just trying to go ones on ones and who's going to get exposed all training camp when it's Lamar Jackson doing what he does. It's going to be those linebackers who are inside. Yeah. I would argue also like in the AFC thinking about the Ravens, by the way, the clear Mm. signals, they think they can win a Super Bowl here. Right. I think you you make this kind of trade. They're looking ahead to the bills. I actually think it's really important to have a linebacker like Roquan Smith when you're playing Josh Allen because of what he can do in the run game. Um, and look, th- this is a Ravens defense that has been improving over the last few weeks. Uh, very, you know, had some real coverage busts in like weeks two and three, the meltdown against Miami. But as the season has gone on, they're getting better and better. The pass rush has improved. 33-year-old Justin Houston making it happen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Houston, JPP, Calais Campbell, the Ravens would dominate 2014. <laughs> but they're, st- they're getting better. 
And I yeah. do think like this is this is the, the run defense has been a little bit lackluster. I think this shores that up as well. They can use Roquan Smith as a blitzer, which also helps the pass rush. He's a great player. I like it for this season. Value-wise, I have some questions, but I like the fact that the Ravens believe that they can win it all this year, which is yeah. what this tells me. I think the your point about the Bills is a good one. It didn't even cross my mind. It's the most obvious one is you need somebody who's big enough and fast enough to deal with uh, Josh Allen when he scrambles, but also Nick Chubb, which is fresh in my mind from watching the Monday night game. It's, every week, it seems like, uh, he's out here jumping over people too now. He's like a, he's, it, he's in their division, and it, it seems like with Jacoby Brissett, they're pretty good. When uh, Deshaun Watson ever comes back, and for years to come, the Browns look like they're going to be a problem, and their running is going to be centered around that running attack. So Roquan helps that helps them out there too. I really Nick Chubb is like. To me, just the best. We'll, we'll, let's get to, we'll get to that game in a second. There's one more trade I want to talk about, which was this was actually maybe the most shocking because you so rarely see a trade like this in division. By the way, I have Twitter open just in watching news just to make sure. So the Vikings uh, traded a second round pick and a third. It's a lot for TJ Hawkinson and a fourth and a conditional fourth. Uh, mm. I'd have to check the draft value hard to see how that shakes out but from the line let's start with the lion side folding is that where we are what do you think <laughs> i i guess um i don't know it can't be something that dan campbell is is in for because it feels like he's in a bit yeah. of the prove it stage and it, it does i think it signals to us that maybe his days are numbered there's if they're already moving yeah. out useful pieces for draft picks. So I think that's the 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 point I walk away with. It's sad. I, I don't know. I watched one episode of <laughs> Hard Knocks and I was in. I was all the way in. And it looks like he's going to be out. I watched the Vikings game kind of closely this weekend because mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get my arms around the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I came away thinking. That's it. That's my take on the Minnesota Vikings. No, uh, Kirk Cousins looked good. Uh, yeah. I, I thought the offense looked a little bit more explosive than it has in recent weeks. I, quietly, also, the offensive line tackles playing better. Um, but Irv Smith Jr. was hurt. who was their starting tight end. So they needed a tight end. I didn't think that they would get a tight end this caliber. They're, they're almost entirely an 11 personnel team. But they do use the tight end, you know, or, or they like to, I think. Um, this... I think, again, just talking about these teams, like this is the Vikings saying, oh, we got to win the NFC North, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're right. <laughs> they're correct. Yeah, they are. They're going to have a good seed in the playoffs and any given Sunday, they might find themselves in the Super Bowl and then they're going to need another any given Sunday to win that Super Bowl. But either way, uh, I, I think a deep run is on the horizon. And uh, if you can fill in some holes there, uh, then I think it's a smart move. So those are the major trades. I'll keep an eye on him. We can throw some in, in winners and woofs later. I think the one final thing I'll say is there are a lot of teams that need wide receivers, um, notably Green Bay, um, L.A., potentially the Giants if they were so inclined. And Chase Claypool going for a second means Jerry Judy's probably going to be very expensive if that is something that teams think can happen there are guys out there, though, like Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. Cedric Wilson. I'm just the more like cheaper options. Oh, Brandon Cooks, but he has a huge contract. So a lot of things to monitor on the wide receiver front. Um, yeah. So speaking of the importance of having a good wide receiver, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, yeah. Chase MVP. Oh. Good. <laughs> yes, that is the let, take. Let, that let's is start the there. Take. Yeah. How, how much of the what we saw <laughs> last night, this total massacre, do you think it has to do with Jamar Chase's absence? 
Um, it has some to do with Jamar Chase's absence. It has also a bit to do with their inability, their return to inability to run the ball and the return to inability to consistently protect Joe Burrow. Like it also, they're running 12 guys on the field multiple times. McPherson, you ain't Justin Tucker, clearly, no matter how much trash you talk. Like all of this stuff, with the exception of the McPherson point, like it, it feels like coaching to me. Cause they aren't, they are not the, they're not a difference in talent that the score suggested between them and the Browns. Mm. Yeah. And they're the scores in all these weeks, their talent differential is not there. And if it happens consistently again, I got a point at the top and that run last year might've saved the job of old Zachy T, but it's getting exposed this year because we're watching across Jac- Jacoby Brissett it's picking them apart and it's that was shocking by the way the, yeah the, it just makes it look even uglier when you're looking over and you're like but you got joe burrow and t higgins and boyd and mixon and oh my man jonah jonah williams struggled <sighs> he was that, getting that was whooped. that was ugly i mean granted you know miles garrett's obviously one of the three best pass rushers in the nfl but it wasn't just miles though. it wasn't just Miles. yeah i know yeah, I mean, that's it, the problem. it was it was i mean they looked like they did earlier in the season offensive line mm. getting beat um just you know the trying to get the ball out like a bunch of screens and short stuff that didn't seem to go anywhere um the run the probably the most damning thing was the run game because the browns run defense sucks <laughs> And they couldn't get so they they stuck with what they've been doing over the last few weeks, which is everything's in the gun. Burrow's in the gun, Mixon's in the gun, trying to do quick game. It was basically the same game plan, right? Only without Jamar Chase. Um, and it, I, I mean, some of it was the run blocking, but I, obviously with game script, they had to, they stopped running at a certain point. But even when they were earlier in the game, I was just like, oh my god, this. This rushing attack is just not good. Um, the one thing I was I was I was curious about because you know with Chase the thing with the Bengals is you know we we talked during the season you played they they saw a lot of two in Tampa two. Um, you can't play single high. So without Chase, I was curious. The Browns played uh, their most common coverage was cover one. So they they really were like, all right, no more Jamar Chase. Let's see how this goes. So weeks one through seven, Joe Burrow averaged 0.16 expected points added per play versus man, which is the fifth best in the NFL. In this game, it was 0.04, so 25% of what it's been. So that, I think, is my biggest, aside from the run game, that's a big concern I have for the Bengals going forward. It's like, oh, like, can you not beat man coverage without Jamar Chase? Because that would be a problem. What I noticed, and I didn't watch every single play from the like the film view, obviously, but I checked in on some specific plays. And while they did play a lot of man, they also doubled on occasion. They doubled Boyd on some third downs. They doubled Higgins on like some uh, first and second down situations. And that's the thing. That's the like trickle down of not yeah. having Jamar Chase. It's like... T Higgins against a rookie corner is a win, you would think, because the double is going to go to Chase. And T Higgins against a rookie corner with a safety over top is is a L, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and Boyd trying to work the middle with a bracket double team, yeah, that's not going to work out. Particularly when the offensive line cannot protect against some stunts, and the yeah. stunts were like. They were elaborate stunts. They were like involving three guys, so they were difficult. But every now and then, pick them up once in a while. Do you feel like um, stunting is up? I was talking about this with the Niners yesterday. I, 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 I don't. I haven't. I don't know if there's anyone that tracks this, but it feels like watching defensive lines across the league that it's up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we could with the motion tracking data. I'm sure you're one email away from finding out the truth about that. <laughs> but yeah, it feels like stunts are up. I also feel like blocked field goals are up. I need to look that up mm. too. I just feel like, and your feel, Seahawks right. made a blocked field goal. Yeah, I know that was crazy. <laughs> was, That's how you know God is on ridiculous. your side. <laughs> <laughs> which make a blocked field goal, and your your coach gets um, run over by a ref, and he just giggles by. Let's say some stuff about the Browns because I don't want this to just be about the Bengals' suckitude. Look, when's Deshaun Watson coming back? 
11, I think, right? Okay, so not for a bit. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been just so much better than I expected based on what we've seen from him in the past. Um, you know, I, he's not a perfect quarterback, but I think, and, and he was incredibly well protected. It felt like nobody, that was another yeah. shocking thing because the Bengals pass rush has been pretty good. The four-man rush, they were not touched. I mean, the dude had like all day back there. And, you know, some of his throws were like Amari Cooper. My, Amari Cooper is my favorite. How the hell did he get so open? Immediately cut back yeah. to him just like cooking a dude at the line of scrimmage. Oh, that's how. Yeah. Um, but I think he's, I, 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 this Browns offense is actually pretty good, man. And yeah. the, the problem has been the defense, not the offense. Exactly. Which is funny. Not expected. Yeah, I mean, the defense, the defense is more talented, I would think. If you gave me like a unit one of those two units to choose, I'd take that defense over that offense. But the offense has been really impressive. And Jacoby Brissett has put up some really like high-end elite-type numbers in certain games. He's had some stinkers, too. But it really helps to have, like, Chubb. Like, this is all Chubb. <laughs> like, to me, it all goes back to a uh, running back. Yeah, a running back that, you know... They say, like, when there's an extra man in the box, it's the running back's job to beat him. And he does it so consistently. Like, I saw a couple times where he would, like, tease inside a hole, then jump cut and get the the defender or the field player to get stuck in there. And then it turns into 10 more yards. Those are the little things that we just look at him and say, he's so big and so strong. But, like, those little quicknesses and, like visions and setups the balance. Like, that's the little thing it's his balance, yeah, and the balance. too is crazy yeah. i mean we, oh. just in general we under we overestimate i don't know never mind not under, we underappreciate how much intelligence plays into every position other than quarterback yeah and when you watch running backs do things like that that's the difference sometimes it's like that was really smart and we don't we take it for granted i think i mean just watching like the bucks where if <sighs> Whatever, there's a lot of things that are wrong with that run game, but it's such a contrast. Uh, um, speaking about the the Bucks, might trade for Cream Hunt, maybe. Could see that. I don't know. You know, the Cream Hunt is the trade candidate for Cleveland. It makes sense. They've got Darius Johnson behind Nick Chubb. Um, do you think the the Cowboys effed up trading Amari Cooper? By the way, how good would they be with Amari Cooper right now? Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, I had this conversation on my podcast a little bit. It's like if CD Lamb is a number one, he's a low end number one as it is right now. And he'd be better served, I think, with a true number one. So uh, I guess the committing to Amari Cooper financially. Yeah. Going, well, no, that's, that's that's the question. Yeah, I don't know. Amari Cooper. Uh, he never, he's just so monotone. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just was watching the game last night. Like, you just scored a touchdown. Smile. And I remember that was one of the, like, knocks on him in yeah. Dallas was like, he doesn't care enough. So, I don't know. It, it feels like they need somebody there keeping the guy who, when he showed up, I remember Dak, like, took a leap. As soon as he got there, yes, because right? when it they did the trade, ago. everyone was like, "This seems like a lot to trade for Amari Cooper," and then instantly it was a shot. Man, Stephen Ruiz had a great. I just read a great article in The Ringer about the importance now in the NFL of having like a dominant skill player because yards mm-hmm. after the catch are up, but you know explosives are down. A guy who just with the ball in his hands can create. And he was talking about CMC, or we're going to get to, um, but. Yeah, increasingly, I look at teams and I'm like, yeah, get a number one, get that back, yeah. get that tight end, because having a dude is, you look across the <laughs> NFL at some of these teams where it's like, like whether it's the Dolphins or whether it's Geno in Seattle or whether it's now, like, it's not to equate those quarterbacks, I'm just saying, like, you, the difference that an incredible wide receiver has is crazy. So, yeah. one more thing about the Bengals, uh, Chidobi Awuzie. Probably the worst thing to happen in this game because it looks like yeah. he, that's a serious injury and he was their best cornerback. So not yeah. going well they in Cincinnati, man. Not going. Oh, they lost. They a, no, they got a safety plan corner by the end of the game. Flowers. So, or, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Dax Hill. They had Dax Hill in. They yeah. were having the young guys it, in. It's a, uh, yeah, it's bad. Tough for scene. Them. Tough scene. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's come back. There have not been any trades over the last 10 minutes. Uh, let's pick some winners and. Wolves. 
All right, people, we are brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 years or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. All right, Dominique, why don't you pick your first winner? First winner is Jimmy G and mm. CMC. And they both get a tandem winner. <laughs> uh, and I guess I should, I'm going to force D'Amico Ryans in there also just because we need to talk about how great that defense is all the time because that's the reason that Jimmy G gets to live the life that he lives. But anyway, adding... I, to, I, I have some thoughts on that, yeah. Uh, adding uh, another weapon that does not require Jimmy Garoppolo to make risky passes allows him to get rid of it quickly and challenges the defense in so mm-hmm. many different ways, which opens up everything else for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it makes this offense really special. And I also need to point out that on my podcast, my co-host Charlie Kravitz took a shot at you personally, because if you remember on Friday on debatable, you scoffed at the idea that uh, that this offense was ex- going to be exciting. And Charlie was like, Mina laughed at me. And now look at what they did. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. I know you listened religiously, I, I but you didn't listen and, this time. I, I got to revisit the phrasing of it because I, 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 I he might have been saying something about how Jimmy G would thrive or something or make you because I've always liked watching the San Francisco 49ers offense so this feels yeah. like a false false yeah, attack probably. whatever I gotta revisit the tape um <laughs> so I was really impressed by McCaffrey but obviously like everybody was he was incredible but watching Christian McCaffrey I what struck me about it and why it makes me so much higher on the Niners now is the single biggest limiting factor on the San Francisco 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo making mistakes. Jimmy Garoppolo under pressure, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing in a turnover, Jimmy Garoppolo being blitzed and making you know an, an error, whatever. Christian McCaffrey will cut down on those mistakes. And that is something I wasn't sure. Like, I did, that's not, I don't know. I just didn't know how that would play out exactly. He gives them an answer versus the blitz uh, versus pressure, even if it's not planned his ability to work back to the football uh jimmy g was comfortable checking down to him on the incredible touchdown catch when he christian mccaffrey scramble i mean he's such a good receiver he just gives him an answer and him having that answer i think dramatically reduces bad things happening in this offense 
Yeah, I think this is a, a, a thing that I like to go back to is when we're talking about quarterbacks, particularly uh, the mediocre to worse quarterbacks, is you want to find ways to take pressure off of them. And you want to ask them to do hard things as few times as possible. And so the idea that you can check it down to Christian McCaffrey 10 times a game and two of those times he's going to turn it into a first down. That's two fewer times than you have to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to throw a nine yard pass. And, uh, you know, like, and you'll have design plays that are designed to attack the blitz. And if you, um, get Christian isolated on a linebacker or a safety in space and you throw it to him, he might score a touchdown. He may not score a touchdown. He might get you eight yards and he might do that a couple times a game. That's a couple fewer times you're going to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to make a decision with a linebacker running down, right down his face. So it does. Yeah. I think more than the positive. Sorry. More than. As stupid as it sounds, more than the positive that he brings, I think it's eliminating the negative. It's the limiting of the negative. Same brain. There was that one play where Garoppolo was was excellent against the Blitz in this game, this last game. And there was one play where he did check it down to McCaffrey, and McCaffrey got that improbable. He broke, he like cut inside and broke like two tackles for the first round. And I was like, ah, (laughs) 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 this is going to keep happening. I have one quick question. As a defender, let's say you're a linebacker. Mm-hmm. What is it like seeing Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel on the field at the same time? Like, what does it do to you mentally? So, oh, yeah. So um, I played nickel, which is a linebacker sometimes. And uh, because I was small, they tried to de- devise ways to force me to in- participate in the running attack. But before you even come out of the huddle, it's freaky because you're like, where am I going to line up? <laughs> like Debo may be in the backfield. Debo may be split out. Christian may be in the backfield. Christian may be split out. They both may be in the backfield. They most both may be split out. So like in part of what you're doing pre-snap or like forget pre-snap br- before you break the huddle, you hear the personnel group and that narrows down your responsibilities. You hear your play, you hear their personnel group and you're like, all right, well, I got these three potential things. Then you go out there and they line up. You see the formation and you're like, all right, now I got these two potential things. Then they shift because they love the shift in motion. You're like, oh, I got to go back and add another thing back in and think about it. And then, so like, that's the mental gymnastics before you even snap the ball. And then worst case scenario, you get caught in isolation with Christian McCaffrey on the edge. And now you, you're just freaking out. So like, it's just, and that's for a linebacker. That's just incredibly stressful from top to bottom, from the beginning of the play to the end. I don't even know how you classify the personnel group. (laughs) This is... I think the closest thing we will ever see in the NFL to positionless football, to basketball, mm. basically out there, because right. that's it, it, the the multiplicity of this offense is unparalleled. Just want to throw in one quick thing about D'Amico Ryan's. What I loved in this game, something we saw in the playoffs last year, he's so good at dialing up the blitz at the right time. Like in the first half, you know, you Stafford was pretty unpressured. Second mm. half, he doubled the blitz rate. All different kinds of blitzes. It was just, you know, like sometimes they had, it was a lot of stunts, by the way, to our, point, our discussion earlier. Yeah. Sometimes you had the Ed Rushers coming inside. Sometimes you had Fred Warner looping around. Sometimes you had the DBs blitzing. Like it was really smart. He's so good at making adjustments. Domingo Ryans, we love you on this podcast. You're Can I best. say one more thing about it? Yeah. Um, I love when we're together because you say something that sparks something in my mind. So it's not only his in game decision making or his halftime adjustments. It's the lead, it's the week leading up because you made the point that they ran a bunch of different blitzes. Most teams can't do that because somebody will f- it up. <laughs> you know, like you cannot. That yeah. is the coaching and the week leading up to it. It's like we're not going to make mistakes. And it's about the players, but it's also about the expectations and the efficiency because there are limits on practice time and and all that stuff. So it's about the efficiency of implementing that strategy, selecting players that are flexible and smart enough to install all that stuff and properly installing it. So like while on Sunday, we're just like, hey, he called a good play. We don't take yeah. into effect that the whole week prior, all of training camp, they've been practicing all of these things and they can pull all this stuff out when they need it at the right time. D'Amico for head coach. The defensive line plays so well together. You know, like when you watch them, we always talk about how it seems like every defensive lineman who comes to San Francisco has like a renaissance or whatever, but um, it really is how they play together. The coverage behind them, he's got guys who can play man now. It's 
It's a beautiful thing to see, unless you're a Seahawks fan like me. It's terrible. Um, okay, I feel like my wuss are too long. I was going to do the whole class of 2021 quarterbacks. Um, you can have, me, I mean, we can take both of our, you can take up the time for both our wolf. Because I'm not confident in my wolf. What was your wolf? Ryan? I don't want to talk about it. Let it's the Rams. It was the Rams. I had like 13 of them because I had no confidence in all of them. The, like the Raiders, Rams Chargers, actually, well, Rams, Pete Carroll. The Rams uh, <laughs> the Rams are good. Okay. I'm going to do, I'll leave Fields out and Lance out and I'll do Lawrence Mack and Zach Wilson. Uh, mm. I'll do Mack and Zach Wilson because they played each other. Sorry. Okay. That's not saying all the other 20, 2021 quarterbacks <laughs> are like very great guys. You know, obviously yeah. we don't know what Trey Lance is. Um, the Rams are a good one. I actually do want to talk about the Rams because they keep coming up with the trade deadline, like who are teams who might be buyers, but they got to buy like so many things. I think that's what jumps out to me is like, this isn't, this team is not a running back away or a wide receiver away or an edge rusher away. They are all of those things right now. <laughs> Did you mention O-line too? Well, there's no O-lineman to trade for, which is their <laughs> I biggest know, but need. Just need. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the biggest problem of all. Yeah. I think we just did that wolf. We were supposed to be doing quarterbacks from 2021. We just did that wolf. What, but I mean, what, the, what the, would you do okay. if you're the Rams? No, yeah. What, what would you do? Um, just uh, go to the bar and celebrate my Super Bowl championship ring and like, hey, you got to pay your bills. We, it was worth this it. Is what, it yeah, it was worth it. Like, I, I think that's what it comes down to is like, don't try to chase it this year because there are too many pieces. Like, you are now in a rebuild, whether you want to be or not. Don't start trading whatever you have left if they have anything left. Yeah, just go ahead and trade people away if you have to so you can um, stockpile again and make another run in a couple years. It really is the definition of a hangover, <laughs> what they're dealing with right now. Have you yeah. ever done that? Like blowing a lot of money on something that felt great in the moment and then the next day you're like Ooh. absolutely but um nothing you want to talk about here <laughs> 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 um, actually i'm trying to think oh yeah it's like I, I when i first got drafted i bought a house because i thought that was the responsible thing to do it's like don't rent buy a house so i bought a house in denver then the market crashed and i got traded and i sold the house for much less than it was worth your eyes are telling me that my story is no longer relevant what happened it has nothing to do with this podcast the nets are hiring email duca uh oh my god let's not let's not get into it um <laughs> oh my god it's <laughs> uh, wild cancel culture strikes again okay um yeah. Uh yeah, the I, the the Rams. I think with the thing with the Rams is like they there's young players who could eventually develop. You know, I think they've got a, a lot of young players in the secondary. Um, there's players in the offensive line who have been injured. They drafted a guard this year. He hasn't played. But I, the one of the other problems though is that the decisions they have made financially. It's not just about the Super Bowl. You know, like Leonard Floyd is on a huge contract. He's not playing well this year. Um. Alan Robinson signing is obviously underwhelmed. We talk about this all the time. When when you go all in, you got to hit, and yeah. you and it doesn't even like you don't even have to miss that many. If you miss like two things, it's like oh, you're the margin for error is small. Um, okay, the quarterbacks. Did you watch Patriots Jets? Yeah, it was <laughs> like I was gonna say like old school football, but it's older than old school football. It's like the only I don't know nineteen twenties. It's just like physical and and uh it looked like they were kicking the ball when they were throwing it felt like rugby just bad passes everywhere the thing about mac no i'm gonna do zach wilson first first of all he was really good in the first quarter so i was like oh maybe Stop this it. is like exactly the thing about watching him i watched this on tv uh it was because i'm in on the east coast the thing about watching zach wilson is the broadcast is amazing because He'll drop back, pressure comes, he'll make like an amazing, he'll like dodge yeah. pass rushers, and the announcers are like, oh, he avoids another one, he's looking downfield, yo, yo, yo! And then the camera always pans down, and you can, it's almost like you can hear the ball going, no! Was it? Because <laughs> it's either inaccurate, or in this case, it was to a Patriots defender. What shocked me about this was it wasn't even like, 
Patriots were messing with him that much. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you know, Bill Belichick's going to come out with a classic icy ghost, you know, masterpiece. He's going to, like, a lot of, like, crazy disguise. And nah, dude, he was just throwing it to him. Just throwing it right to him. Right to like, him. Th- th- right to throwing him. it away on the field of play. He, he's the, the, um, we did the photo negative last week. It feels like he's the photo negative of Patrick Mahomes because he like does all the Mahomesian by time things. He's spinning, he's cutting, dodging, t- changes <laughs> arm angle, except the Chiefs fans are excited when Mahomes does it. The opponent's fans are excited when Zach Wilson does it. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, it's about to be a big play for us. He's shaking all the defensive tackles. Get excited, guys. You know what's frustrating? I mean, there's a lot of things that are frustrating. This I, I mentioned this to uh, Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter the other day. Um, so, you know, when you pull Zach's numbers, they're all bad. Um, first of all, the whole class of 2021's numbers are bad. So I just want to be, I'm not picking on him. They're all bad. Different kinds of bad, different levels of promise, different things, whatever. But his are the worst. Sorry. If you only focus on quick game or in the pocket, not bad. Like when the ball comes out quick and he's not running around doing stuff, he actually is about average in most metrics. Not and, and, and yeah, I know it's not. No, no, I'm not no, I'm saying not gonna, like. Yeah, sorry. I'm not going to argue against that point. That's fine. I'm not going to point out the obvious point that there's more to football than that. The only reason why I made the face was because that's not why he was drafted. Yes, that's why that Mac was. Jones was drafted. So that's what is it's like if Zach Wilson stopped trying to do Zach Wilson stuff, I actually think the offense would be competent is is what I'm saying. That's right. All. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Zach Wilson or excuse me, um, Mac Jones was the guy that was like, he's going to be efficient, make good decisions. Guard. Yeah, point guard. He's not going to like blow your roof off with some special stuff. Go ahead. His quick game has been awful this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they did a um was not wife swap. It was a movie. Thirteen going on thirty. No, not that one. What's the one where people switch? You're talking about sw- switching brains. Yeah, there's a switch movie, and it's it's obvious. Once we figure it out, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. Two guys switch. Oh, it's like different brain. You're no, in your, my body. Women. I'm in your yeah. body. Yeah, uh, Freaky Friday. That's the one. Freaky Friday. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got excited. But usually, when there's like body switch movies, somebody gets like the advantage. They're they're like, yeah. "Ooh, I'm in a hot body, and I got my brain or whatever." <laughs> Both these guys' brains are not helping them right now. Back, I don't know what happened to Mac Jones with his decision making. I mean, the Cowboys yeah. or the part of the Patriots, like. In the second half, they were just like, all right, we're, not, we're just get the ball out quickly. Check down, check down, check down, check down. Zach Wilson's going to beat the Jets for us. And they were right. Um, I don't know. Whenever I was asked about like Jones and Zappy, I would say, well, you know, we saw a season of Mac Jones playing all right. Mm-hmm. So I think you should be able to get back to that. But. I really don't get it. I mean, it's not like the offensive line has been fantastic or that he's got great skill players, but it's not about that. It's all between the years. Yeah. I blame Matt Patricia. Good idea. That's fine. I think you, that's a safe place to go. Can I blame Joe Judge? I mean, that feels safe too. Isn't he right, like the quarterback's coach? Yeah. I blame Joe Judge. You blame Matt Patricia. It's not Mac Jones's fault. Uh, wow, Aaron Rodgers shaved. Okay, I, I got Twitter open looking for more trades. Oh, here's another one. Steelers and Commanders are expected to swap late round future picks for William Jackson the third. Nah. <laughs> he was good in Cincinnati. He's not been good in... Not been good in uh, Washington. All right, my winner. Your knowledge of winner. all players at any given moment is impressive to me because... William Jackson not being good right now will require me a couple hours to research. Uh, That's why you're tired. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans. Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. (laughs) But uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, 
you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com slash Mina for a $3 trial set. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. My winner is the Eagles offense. A very easy one. But what struck me watching them against the aforementioned, I guess... Steelers saw what A.J. Brown did and said, oh, okay, let's get a quarterback. Not, I don't think this is going to change things too much. But um, what I love about the Eagles offense, we talk about them a lot as a team, is how they can beat you so many different ways. Every game almost yeah. has like, uh, it's like, you remember like on Friends, how they did titles? Oh, no, wait, you never watched Friends. I forgot. This mm-hmm. is one of our first like cultural moments uh the the, the titles the episodes yes i do remember would, on living single when khadijah got broken up with oh no it wasn't khadijah it was regine who went on a date with um desmond howard our co-worker okay the titles of each friends episode were like the one where monica you know got a job the one where like this happened there was like the one where every eagles game i feel like you can give kind of a different title like the one where jalen uh, throws a million RPOs. The one where Hertz runs for 300 yards. The one where Miles Sanders takes over. And this last week, it was the the one where AJ Brown just dominated dudes downfield, right? And and Jalen Hurts was threw him some really beautiful balls as well. And as you know, what that does to defenses is it just tells them, oh, we can't load the box and play single high against this offense because they've got this swole Batman or whatever his nickname is. It's just, they have so many answers. We can't do anything is the answer. (laughs) Like we can't do anything. It is a true pick your poison. Um, Last week on my podcast or um, yesterday on my podcast, we, I went through all the divisions and I tried to like figure out, okay, go for it. No, no, keep going. Keep going. I tried to figure out the, the teams and we're going to make the playoffs and like, what were their weaknesses and what would be the, like the top teams who would they least like to face in the playoffs? Like who could surprise them? And so I like did a bit of a deep dive on the Eagles offense to figure out what their weakness was. And I was like, every time I thought I found one, I'd go to the next game and be like, Oh, okay. They got that too. <laughs> oh, okay. They got that too. It's just, I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously Jalen Hurts deserves a ton of credit for his athleticism, intelligence, decision making. Howie Roseman deserves a lot of credit. The coaches staff deserves a lot of credit. The only thing that they aren't like great at is like stopping the run on defense. And so trying to figure out who's going to give them a problem. The hope is that Jalen Hurts gets nervous in a big game because he's never been in one of those before. <laughs> he spent his whole college career in big games. He got shellacked last year in one, but we'll see. That was without the, A.J. Brown. The team that would really dominate the Eagles is the Eagles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's it. I mean, maybe the Ravens would give them some trouble. I don't yeah. know. Okay, let's wrap with this big trade. Denver is trading Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. For a package that includes the 2023 first-round pick that Miami acquired from San Francisco. Um, Two sides of this. Let's start with Miami, obviously. Needed, honestly. Like, this, the Miami defense has regressed quietly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pressure has not been good last few weeks. I mentioned this first They, You know, they blitz at one of the highest rates in the NFL, but they're 29th in pressure percentage. Not a great percentage or, or uh, not a great statistic. Um, they're allowing like one of the highest 
quarterback ratings in the league. This Bradley Chubb has been awesome this year. Opposite Jalen Phillips, who's been you know pretty good. I, this is this tells me they think they you know they also are yeah. very confident in themselves. Which I think they have a lot of reason to be, considering yeah. how they've played when um when two was in there. It's they had a really impressive game uh, offensively, at least uh, last week against Detroit. Uh, I wonder what it says about the Broncos. Is it just like the value of it? You got to stop making these faces. Oh, I did. I just saw the trade. It was actually. A first and a fourth, and then Miami and Chase Edmonds. So oh. Chase Edmonds to uh, Denver. Maybe that means Melvin yeah. Gordon will be on the move. Probably. So I guess the the question is, what does it say? I think we thought that the Broncos were in championship or bus mode this season because their roster is really impressive, and then they added a quarterback that was good at one point. Um which would mean the long-term impacts of Bradley Chubb's contract or pending extension shouldn't matter. They should go in and play after to go for the Super Bowl. So I guess, how do you explain this from their perspective? You think they just got bowled over by the offer and they had to do something about it or they are selling on this season? That's a great question. I mean, they have some, like they have Randy Gregory, they had Baron Browning who got hurt, Mm -hmm. but was coming on. So it's not like they don't have anyone at pass rush, but as far as this season goes, this does feel like a, like an admission that they know that. And obviously they don't have draft picks because of the Russell Wilson trade. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're making a run this season, you're not getting rid of anybody, particularly a pass rusher. (laughs) If that's what that's, if it were just, and I guess the argument is like they did bring in Randy Gre- Gregory. So the point was to move on from Chubb at some point, And this was the best opportunity to move on from Chubb. But I don't like it if you're trying to win this year, which I guess they may be out on everything that's happening there because none of the decisions were made by the current ownership. What if the Packers don't, don't do anything? Oh, they're, they're not. They're not. They never do. <laughs> what I mean, what are they? What is there left to do? OBJ December. That's it. There's still wide receivers out there. They could do something at the margins, but this. Yeah. I mean, it's trades, right? And so they're far away everywhere. Defensively, they have the talent, but they aren't playing well. So, like, the idea of making a trade at this point and mortgaging some part of your future suggests that this one piece is going to put you over the top. And you know that they are not big players traditionally in free agency. They want to draft and, and develop. And so draft picks to them are more valuable than to them than they are to a lot of teams. So I can't imagine that they're going to make some big blockbuster trade. That's going to, um, yeah, Charlie suggested that they hit the undo button on the trade of Devontae, both teams would be happy to do so. <laughs> the Raiders would yeah. be happy to send Devontae back and the Packers would be happy to receive him. That's like when people send you an email and then you get a second email that's like, we rescind that email and it's like, I saw the email. Like, what are you, <laughs> you can't just do that. <laughs> this, this accomplishes nothing. All right. Dominic, we've accomplished a lot. Thank you for coming yes, on this no week's problem. pod. Check out the Dominic Foxworth Show wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Bye. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.